Well, good afternoon, Matt Green. Good afternoon, Alan Campbell. <laughs> we, can... don't, we don't often speak to each other in first and last names. <laughs> well, I felt after we tried to hug yesterday and it didn't go well, that we'd, we were now more in our formal relationship. So That was, that was disappointing, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we've been trying to get this thing on, on podcasts, on Apple and Amazon and stuff like that, so I made us a, an email address, baldybishops at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and now... Because the first name is Baldy and the second name is Bishops, I keep getting emails from everybody saying hi Baldy, like from Google, from Amazon, from <laughs> oh, Apple. I'm like, I don't really think you know me that well to start. Just <laughs> <laughs> hi Baldy. So uh, now, if it was ancient Israel, I'd be looking out for uh, she bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Go you up, you bald head. So um, yeah, so we're on uh, we're on Apple and Spotify and stuff as well as Sermon Audio now. So that's that's cool. And uh, we're continuing our Bearing Fruit series this afternoon. And the point has been trying to convince our really show Christians that we can't produce fruit that's pleasing to God. He wants us to bear fruit, but we can't actually produce this fruit. And we were looking at the nation of Israel and how um, they couldn't be fruitful, even with all their privileges, that they couldn't be fruitful. Um, all the people in the Old Testament that are mentioned, they have they have victory moments, but they also have massive disaster moments too mm. and uh you know the, the point is not just to judge them and say oh if we were in that situation that wouldn't be us or to like use them as cautionary tales and moral lessons but what we're meant to be doing is we're meant to read israel's failure in their privileged position and like almost be in despair that if they can't be fruitful how could i be fruitful you know yeah I, mean? I think going through acts has been re- really revelatory for for us hasn't it yeah because we've seen that Again, best of conditions, mm-hmm. Israel rejected. And even after Christ has died and risen again and his disciples come performing miracles and yeah. miss these people. I mean, I mean, you think about the day of Pentecost and everything that happened. That's like almost best conditions yeah. apart from Christ actually being there. And this ongoing theme in Acts of, um, yes, there's thousands of people at a time trusting Christ, but there's also an entire nation right. rejecting Christ. Yeah, that's what we've been trying to show that Israel's blindness. So... So Israel is the the fig tree, it's the vine, um, but it had, it had failed to bear God-pleasing fruit. And again, I read that, before I'm a Christian, but I read that I'm not even a fig tree or a vine, I'm a dead branch on the rotten tree of Adam. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I am, a dead tree on the rotten tree of Adam. And I'm I'm planted by the stagnant pools of depravity. <laughs> so I'm not judging them like, oh, look, at, I'm better than them. Like, man, if they can't do it in this best of scenarios... How could I, in in my in my sinful life, be fruitful to God in myself? So, so today we're looking at Jesus, the new and true vine, the 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 new and true vine, um, and how he's the he's the only truly fruitful human who's ever lived. So, Very good. Yeah. So we got Psalm one, and uh, I'm sure many people. I think that's like the first sermon everyone preaches when they learn to <laughs> preach is Psalm one, because it's so tidy. But um, if we if you would describe for us verse one to verse three of Psalm one, okay, Psalm one verses one to three. Okay. All right. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel. Sorry, I'm messing up your podcast. I'm sorry. Sorry, right, man. It's forgiven. Right? <laughs> Psalm one verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, 
that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Right. So, so a lot of Christians, and I mean, I was like this for a long time. We read Psalm one, and we're like, "Oh, that's me." You know, if I if I you know delight in the law law of the Lord, if I meditate on it day and night, I will be the the fruitful tree. And there is a degree of application there, but I'm I'm over the last five, six, seven years, just more and more convinced that Psalm one is Jesus. He's the ultimate blessed man. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think you brought this out. If anything, I'm the I'm the ungodly person. I'm the sinner. I'm the scornful. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's my natural leaning. Um, Jesus is the one who ultimately delights in the law of the Lord. He's the one who meditates on it day and night, and he's the one who doesn't walk or stand or sit um, in, in in sin. So it's so it's Jesus, the fruitful the fruitful tree here. Um, and then as I plant, as I as I root myself into Him, then I'll, I'm going to be able to be fruitful. So. We're just trying to show through this that this is, um, and this is not just my conclusion, by the way. Augustine said this. Augustine of Hippo said, or Augustine, he said, uh, this Psalm 1 is to be understood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord man. So this isn't like Alan Campbell, weird theology. This is Augustine and and many, many, many other commentators saying this is Jesus Christ. Mm. So considering Jesus in light of the five fruits that we looked at at the start of the series, um, his his character, Jesus's character, is pleasing to God, right? <laughs> Would you argue? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the living word. Yeah, you know, it's like he says over and over again. You know, uh, as a child, uh, you should know that I must be about my father's business. Right, right. I came to do the will of him who sent me, and on and on. Yeah. yeah. So the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five is describing Jesus. Of course. First Corinthians thirteen is describing Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus knew no sin, no sin was found in him. He is the epitome of a character that's pleasing to God. And then we get to the fruit of works. And Jesus says, I always, you know, I always do the work of my father. I always do that which is pleasing to him. My meat is to do the will of my father. Mm. So he's so focused on his whole life being a life of something that brings pleasure to God. And in John 17, he prays, he says, Lord, I've, I have glorified your name on the earth. So, mm. um, so his works are are um, obviously Christ-like, <laughs> mm-hmm. God-pleasing. Yep. His praise, um, you know, he's seen privately and publicly praying and praising mm-hmm. God. Um, his whole desire of his life is to bring glory to his Father. So mm-hmm. he's just full of praise to the Father constantly. His generosity, Jesus gave off himself and he gave himself. Um, he, he is the epitome of generosity because not just the, the quality of what he gave, but who he gave it to, to unworthy mm-hmm. sinners like us. Yeah. He's the epitome of hospitality um, because he brings unworthy sinners into the household of God, into the family. And then finally, um, the fruit of conversion, uh, the fruit of evangelism, it's it's through Jesus Christ that nations have come to the Father. So so he's the truly fruitful one, right? Yeah. And uh, he, he's, the, he's the one that... Um, is the true vine then, which we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's the ultimate Joshua, bringing the enslaved people into inheritance and things. So, yeah, John 15 then, uh, verse 1, and then we'll get verse 4 and 6 as well. Okay, verse 1, John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. In verse 4 to 6. So, sorry, just so that I am the vine, right? This is mm-hmm. Isaiah 5, is Israel is the vine. Um, and now Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. Mm, very good. Verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, so I think we knew we were going to get here to John 15. Mm -hmm. Jesus being the true vine, and Jesus through his death and resurrection um, is now the, the true fruitful vine. Um, and every single person who's ever come to Christ for eternal life has been graciously made a branch of this vine. So I'm a branch, and branches don't produce fruit. They just bear fruit. It's the vine that produces the fruit. It's the branch that bears the fruit. So Jesus is very clear here. Uh, he says to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Um, so what, what is nothing, Matt? <laughs> what does not, nothing look like? <laughs> it's almost like um, when, when, I, when I was listening to a debate between John Lennox, or no, it wasn't John Lennox, it was some Catholic preacher, and Richard Dawkins happened to be there. Mm. He tried to give a definition of what nothing was. Right. And uh, it, was, it was pretty humorous. Nothing is nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing is nothing. You gotta <laughs> just, just stay there. The, yeah. the absence of something, yeah. Yeah. So going back to Augustine, uh, he says, he does not say you can do little. Unless the branch abides in the vine and lives from the root, it can bear no fruit whatever. So Jesus didn't say, without me, you can do a little bit. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. Spurgeon, one of your favorites, he says, beware of a Christless Christianity. Mm -hmm. Beware of trying to be Christians without living daily upon Christ. Without me, you can do nothing. Um, we have uh, some other some other great ones. Um, uh, Tori Tenboom, she says, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus flows from you. Hmm. So, yeah, hmm. doing it on our own strength, confusing, exhausting, and tedious. Hmm. Um, so we can do nothing. Um, I don't. I don't just. I didn't just need Jesus in order to receive the gift of forgiveness of sins. I didn't need Jesus on day one of being a Christian, right? That's mm -hmm. one of the big things we've been trying to talk about at church recently. Yeah. One of the most exhausting things that I'm, I'm finding, one of the most exhausting things is trying to do something when I can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying right. to muster it up in my own strength yeah. apart yeah. from the Lord. Yeah, it's exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Debilitating despair um, is a word that comes to mind. So... I need Jesus every day. Um, I need the life of Christ to flow into me on a daily basis in order to for him to produce God-pleasing fruit in me. Um, I can never produce the fruit of Christ-likeness, uh, but thankfully, man, I've not been left to try. Mm. Um, you keep you keep um, quoting First Peter, don't you, a lot? Yeah. Um, that he's given us everything we need in order to live a godly life. So I've been attached to the vine, and I'm promised that if I abide in the vine, then I would produce fruit. And uh, Oswald Chambers, I'm getting all the quotes today. Oswald Chambers says, uh, beware of placing the Lord as a teacher first. Mm -hmm. If Jesus Christ came to be a teacher only, then all he can do is tantalize me by erecting a standard I cannot attain. How often do you see that, man? Like where Jesus is like only the example. And uh, you need to be like him. And you're like, yeah, I know, but I, I can't be. <laughs> yeah, not on my own. Right. It continues. What is the use of presenting me with an ideal I cannot possibly come near? What is the good of telling me to be what I can never be? And then, he, and then this is beautiful. I, I must know Jesus Christ as Savior before his teaching has any meaning for me other than that of an ideal which leads to despair. Mm. So a daily Savior, a daily strengthener, mm. you know? No, that that's that's good because, like you say, it is it's it's impossible uh, for me to do it on my own, mm -hmm. and and it's I'm sure this is going to come out, but it's only as we yield to the Holy Spirit, right? 
any any Christ likeness in us is only a work of the Spirit. Right. So he gets the glory there because it's him. Oswald Chambers goes on to say, he came to make me what he teaches I should be. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. He came mm-hmm. to make me what he teaches I should be. The redemption means that Jesus Christ can put into any man the disposition that ruled his own life. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I want to just keep reading that like a hundred times. The, rede- <laughs> the redemption means that Jesus Christ can put into any man the disposition that ruled his own life. Wow. So how we see Christ live, we're able to live that only as Jesus' Savior, Redeemer on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has transformed us and he continues to transform us. He's made me... Um, more like like himself, and he continues to make me more and more like himself. So we'll get, we'll get some other scriptures to see how this plays out. We'll get uh, Philippians chapter two, verse twelve to fifteen. All right, Philippians two twelve. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right. So this isn't work for your salvation. Mm. It's not saying work out if you're saved or not mm. it's saying work out what god has put in you right cultivate the, the outworking of yeah what god planted yeah. yeah so yours workmanship created in jesus so okay. so work out what what's been worked in but but like so here we have this command right we have to we're we're being called here to work out what god's worked in us okay so we when did he work it in us when we got saved mm-hmm. work out your salvation but but how do we work this out well verse 13 tells us for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is one of my favorite <clears throat> verses in scripture. Um, what, what it's saying to us is that work out your salvation, but you can't even do that in your own strength. And God knows that. Mm. So he gives you, verse 13, the strength and the desire to mm. do that. The strength and the desire comes from him. Not, not even the desire comes from me. To, to live for Jesus, yeah, that's from him as well. Yeah, because you think of Romans Romans 10, or Romans 3, I think. There's no one that seeks after God. Right, yeah, not even me. Yeah. <laughs> as a, so the NET puts it like this, the one bringing forth in you both the desire and the effort for the sake of a good, his good pleasure is God. Mm. Um, John Phillips's modern English translation, it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Um, and in the Amplified, it is not your strength to work out your salvation. It is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. That's, I love this verse. <laughs> um, so both the desire and the strength to obey God comes from God, mm, not me and never me. That Which just frees me. I can, I can confess to God, God, I don't even, I don't want to obey you in this today. Um, in my str- in my own flesh, but you can give me the desire to. Yeah. So before I even ask for the strength, mm. I can ask for the desire yes, itself. If, if you don't, I won't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And I can't. Yeah. 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 So another another passage or another few verses. Hebrews thirteen. This teaches the same thing. Hebrews thirteen, verse twenty to twenty one. Um. Sorry. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now mm. may the God of peace who brought you, uh, who brought again uh, f- from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Right. So so it's if you see here, it's actually God who's doing the work of... Um, giving you the strength to to live a life that's pleasing to him uh the uh 
the new King James, the God of peace, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. He's the one working that in you daily, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's God through Jesus Christ, the vine, who's working in us the desire and equipping us with the strength to obey him. Um, and so the writer of Hebrews prays that this would become more and more reality for his, his readers. So it's all Christ. It's all through Christ. It's all by Christ. It's all off Christ. And it's it's all for Christ. Mm. Um, I've said things before and I've been um, accused of, of belonging to this ism or that ism mm. or whatever. But if, if we don't if we don't understand the fundamental truth that it's Christ from start to finish, yeah, then we have a fundamental misunderstanding of what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Like as a believer, it's it's Christ from start to finish. Yeah. And if it's not, then it's not of Christ. Right. It's not of Christ, man. It's not of Christ. I I um you know, when I became a Christian I knew from the get go salvation's by faith in Christ alone. I mean that was the mm. sermon preached, that was the message, that was that was soundly preached, and I am very appreciative for that. But I, I very early on began to believe that although salvation was by faith, sanctification was by effort. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like effort and a little, a little bit of forgiveness every time you screw up. But, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but like when you know, two thousand fourteen, fifteen, when I began to realize Philippians here and Hebrews and John fifteen more, what does it actually mean? And that is actually sanctification and Galatians teaches that this sanctification is by faith alone yeah um that you know you, you've begun in the spirit how mm. do you now seek to be made perfect in the mm. flesh mm. um and that was what I was doing for for like five years of my Christian life it, it's funny because that word sanctification you know um setting apart yeah so it's th there's practical sanctification you know kind of mm. like day-to-day -day stuff but then there's there's this positional sanctification right but both even though they're distinctly different are the same in the sense of they're all Christ. Right. It's right. all the, the, the work of God for yeah. me on yeah. my behalf. Yeah. He's the one doing this. So does this mean let go and let God? Well, no, not quite. <laughs> so we're not, we're not Keswick uh, convention. Although, you know, Keswick has some great things to say, but we're not saying are oh, the old, the old Keswick holiness movement sort of thing. There's some brilliant things in there, but we're not saying let go and let God necessarily. There's still a work for us to do. But our work is not to produce the fruit. Our work is what we call, what we're going to begin, what we're calling the root work of rooting ourselves into mm. Christ more mm. and more. So, what we're going to hopefully show in the next few um, times we meet together through this series is that my my goal is to abide in Christ. Like mm. I have to abide in Him, mm. and what we want to show is what we believe that looks like to abide in Christ, um, which. It's let go and let God in the sense of like letting God. <laughs> no, it is. It is and it isn't. Right. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. yes and no, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we're we're letting God work in us by by letting go of certain things, but it's not it's not what people think it means and then yeah. go let God. So we're we're still striving. Paul continues to say throughout all of his letters, "I strive, I strive." Yeah, yeah. Um, but that striving has to come from from somewhere, and mm. it's not from himself, and that's yeah. what we're trying to see. Um, I think he says that it's like uh, I strive more than them, but it wasn't me. It yeah. was the grace of God in me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's not, um, we're not saying just do nothing and hopefully God will move your body around. Um, so yeah, we want to show, so that's this is the fruit work, being fruitful. That's Jesus' work. And then the next two, we're going to look at the root work, mm. uh, what, it, what it means for, what, what our responsibility <laughs> is in all of this to root mm. ourselves to Jesus more and more. So that's it for me. Uh, is, that re is that it from you? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's your talk, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Bro.